Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 15. I'm your host, Chris Morris. Thank you for joining me today. And, I mean, I wish we were here to talk about some awesome hockey stuff, but that's not that's not going to be it. No, this is... Uh, I mean, we're still going to talk a little bit about hockey, of course, because this is a podcast dedicated to hockey. But we're also going to take a moment so we can talk about the coronavirus, right? Because obviously it affects everybody and everything um it's kind of right it's it's now a pandemic and i mean it's it's been tough i don't know if anybody expected it to get this far i know i didn't but now that we're here there's some choices that need to be made there's decisions that need to be taken and we are about to find out just how society you know how willing is society to pull together and get this done Right, because this is the real test now. It's not the stock market. It's not all that stuff. We're about to find out just how much people care about other people, right? Because obviously, if you've been, I mean, you have no choice to listen to it. It's kind of like everywhere. If you open your TV or read something on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you get your information, or if you just, you know, maybe you still read newspapers. But no matter what, right, the coronavirus is in your face, and there, there's a lot of talk recently about you know, social distancing, why this is important. You've probably heard the term flatten the curve and whatnot. Now let's get something out of the way. I'm no doctor, right? I'm not, um, I don't wish I was either, but I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to tell you how, you know, special remedies or stuff that should, and you shouldn't listen to people who all, who have those cures and stuff. There's a lot of basic things that you can do to stay safe, right? Of course. And obviously the best way to stay safe is to not buy all the toilet paper, <laughs> wherever you buy your toilet paper from because this was the one that's kind of really got me i don't know what the reference to you know global pandemic and toilet paper are but you know clearly this is just mass panic from people who are running out buying every single roll of toilet paper because i mean maybe i don't know maybe toilet paper cures coronavirus I'm pretty sure it doesn't so you don't need that much toilet paper even if you're in quarantine or in self-isolation for the next 14 days um it's a bummer let's face it you're i mean it let me go about this in a proper way. It's, it, it sucks, but it's also important to do, right? So if you feel sick or you're not in a good state of health or anything, there's no problem with saying, look, man, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to protect other people. Because a lot of people are forgetting this. These countries that are shutting down completely, some people look at this as overdramatic. And I am perfectly fine with people saying overdramatic and it works, then having to listen to people say, well, we didn't do enough. And then it kills thousands of people, right? A lot of people are saying, well, the flu kills more people. Other, you know, viruses have killed more people. And that's, that's fine. I understand that that happens. This is still a pandemic. There is no cure for coronavirus, right? The flu kills millions of, you know, people. I mean, no, well, millions of people get affected by the flu. Thousands of people. I'm sure millions die of it. I don't know. I don't have these numbers, but I know people die from the flu. I got the flu this year. It was miserable. Absolutely miserable. And you know what? I don't get a flu shot. Now that's my bad here, right? And you know what? As of next year, I'm going to change that. I'm going to get the flu shot because A, I'm not immune to it. Did the flu kill me? No, it did not. Was I afraid that I was going to die from the flu? No wasn't afraid of it. Was it miserable though? Oh yes. But right. I work in a place where I'm in contact with people, right? Clients and coworkers. And I mean, there's again, no science that this is true or not, but I had the flu and I was talking to a coworker and when, you know, she fell ill within a couple of days 
and she also had the flu, same symptoms. And now we were not, you know, we work in the same building. We weren't talking face to face. She was on one side of the room. I was basically on the other side. But in some way, she contracted it. I don't know, again, that it's from me. But I'm pretty, like, if I was a betting man, I'm pretty sure I gave it to her, right? Again, indirectly, she caught the flu and, you know, her husband had it as well. So they were sick at the both time. Again, the reason I'm saying is because the flu is something that, you know, that you can prevent against. Some people don't. And we're not going to talk about it. This is not going to be a political thing either. We're not going to talk about people who don't believe in, you know, vaccines and whatnot. Because again, we're not going to get into that. That's that's not what this is, podcast is about anyways, right? Um, it's more about, look, what you can do to protect yourself and protect others. So as of next year, I'm going to start getting the flu shot. Not Again, not because I'm not worried that I'm going to die. I, I know that my immune system and my body has a pretty good chance of fighting off the flu. Um, but I'm more worried about giving it to somebody else, right? I work with a clientele that is, you know, older. They're older people. I could give it to them in any different way. And I may be able to survive the flu, but I don't know if they will. Or I don't know if they'll be able, right? And that sucks because indirectly I could be killing somebody. And that's something I'm really not willing to live with, right? Not knowing. I know, again, that's an extreme view maybe, but it's possible, right? Especially in a case like this. Coronavirus has no cure, right? It has no known way to get it. Most people will survive and that's important. You know, that's important, but you can have no symptoms, carry it and spread it to other people, which has happened in many different countries. And, you know, good on the countries who have shut down everything. It's not ideal, right? If you're an investor, you've probably lost a lot of money, right? I'm not crying for billionaires, by the way, whether they're down 300 billion collect. Like if, if Jeff Bezos loses, I don't know, $20 billion, I'm not crying for him. He's still got a whole bunch of billions left, right? If you have a net worth over a billion, it doesn't really make a difference how many you lose. You still have enough money to live. So I'm not crying about those people. I'm crying about the small businesses who are probably going to have to lay off workers. They don't have the money to get it done, right? And <laughs> I've been tweeting about this a lot and, and I'm going to stick with it, right? You're about to find out just how much your employer really cares about you, right? Because this is, this is a point now where there might be a chance that your business either is already shut down or is going to shut down and they're going to have the option to pay you or not. I know the government's going to set up programs and whatnot. Fine. But you're about to find out if you work for a large corporation that makes, you know, billion, millions or billions of dollars in revenue right? If your company makes billions and billions of dollars and they're not willing to pay you for a couple of, you know, for two weeks of being sick or being quarantined or having to self-isolate yourself, where you just found out how much your business actually cares about you, right? I understand that there are some small businesses who can't, right? Local shops, local restaurants and stuff like that. I have friends who work, you know, who are, you know, barmen, barmaids and servers and whatnot. And these people are in a tough situation. Congratulations, you know, or a big, no, not congratulations, round of applause to all the NHL teams who have come out and said, look, we're going to put, you know, something in place to help all of our part-time, full-time workers who are paid hourly and, and depend on this. And shout out to Mark Cuban, who was the first one who came out and said, look, we're going to do something. Don't worry about it. We don't know what, but we're going to do about it, right? When, you know, Rudy Gobert was tested positive all of a sudden. And again, I mean, what he did, I right, if you don't know, right, maybe you live under a rock, but Rudy Gobert was kind of mocking it a little bit, touched all the mics. A couple days later, he's sick. He gets a test. He tests positive for, for coronavirus. And then the NBA just says, okay, well, that's it. Like, we're going to shut everything down. Every other league took its stance. Even the UFC, who Dana White, 
I mean, this guy really went all the way to the end, but finally they're kind of like, all right, we'll cancel some events. But the NBA, the NHL, MLB, MLS, all the big major sports, they right, they didn't waste any time. They said, look, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pause this. That's what the leagues have said. It's not that they're canceling it. There are some leagues, let's say leagues in Europe, who have canceled their season. Right, the AHL and the ECHL have canceled their seasons. That's it. But I mean, a lot of teams right now are trying to see, well, how quick can we get back? And nobody really knows how quick we're going to get back. And that's tough, man. Like, I love sports, but I specifically love hockey, right? And this feels a little bit kind of like the lockout, but not the exact same way, right? Like, the lockout was basically rich owners arguing with players about who should get, you know, a bigger piece of the pie and whatnot, right? Like, it was self-inflicted. This is something that neither the league nor the players can control. Right, and now they're put in a tight situation. Players are going to get paid fine, and you know, it is what it is. Owners are going to lose money. People who own things are going to lose money. If you're self-employed, you're going to lose money. This is a reality that happens. It sucks. It really sucks. And like I said, we're going to find out just, you know, how much your company loves you. And again, this has nothing to do because in, in in all those, I mean, how many job postings have you seen, right? Like benefits of working here, all that, you know, that bullshit about, you know, paid uniform and what, you know, staff party, staff lunch on Friday, you know, you get a gym to work out with or, you know, reduce public transit fare or whatnot. Like all that is nice. But now you're about to find out, do they care about you if you get sick? I've said it already. If you work for a company that does not offer you paid sick days or paid medical leave, like leave that company, right? It's 2020. It's no longer an advantage. It should be something that comes with it, no matter what, no matter what the company is. I understand that small companies, that might be hard, but it should be an it, it should be something that you do. If it's not, get out of there. Some company will pay you for somewhere else for the same work that you do and offer you that. It's no longer an advantage. It's something that should be mandatory, right? Kind of like a seatbelt on a car. It's not an option. It comes with it. You should use it. And I mean, like I said, let's go back to the original part of this point. Good on the NHL teams that don't. Shame on the teams who have come out and said no. I'm looking at like the Calgary Flames, the players have stepped up. They're going to do some stuff. But still, ownership was saying no. And that's, you know, it's kind of funny because all these owners are billionaires, right? Like in Buffalo, Terry Pagula is, I mean, he's, he's got billions. And he's saying, well, no, we're, we're not going to put anything in. And, you know, same thing with the Winnipeg Jets who have said no. We haven't heard from the Boston Brewers, but... Most of them, it looks like they're not going to do anything. And, you know, Jacobs is probably one of the richest owners in the NHL. Jacobs is an asshole, so that's understandable. I mean, he's, if I would, I mean, he's probably the owner I hate the most and it has nothing to do with the Boston Bruins. He's just an asshole. So it's kind of ironic that these teams that make large amount of money, they depend on these people who work here. I'm a strong believer in rights for employees, right? I do. And this is, you know, it's a personal view of mine, but I believe strongly on it. Your business is only as efficient as your employees are because you can get as you can put as many machines as you want. Those machines, even then, some of them still need a human touch to it. But employees, right, cheap labor, whatever you want to call it, they're necessary. That's how your business runs. If you open these arenas and none of these employees are there, none of this functions, right? Your enterprise does not work. And you, and there are people who can argue, well, you know, is the employer or the employee more important, right? The chicken or the egg? In my mind, it's the employee. The employer has the plan, which is fine. He can set up the idea. If you're an entrepreneur and you set up and whatnot and you run this business, right? But your employees is what makes it happen. They put that plan into place, right? 
I look at this as a war. You can have, you know, all all these generals and whatnot setting up plans and whatnot. If you have nobody to execute it, well, it doesn't make a difference. So I do believe, you know, that employees are important. And we live in a world where employees get taken advantage of. There's a large gap between, you know, the guy who works, let's say, at the front. Let's take, I guess, an example of McDonald's. The guy who's serving you at McDonald's, the cashier and whatnot, and the CEO. Now, I understand they don't hold the same position. Blah, 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 blah. The, the gap between, you know, how much a CEO makes and how much an employee makes is staggering at that point. But again, let's let's focus on this from a hockey perspective. The Winnipeg Jets had, an, I mean, all the, this shouldn't have been, and I know players are stepping up and putting money, and that's nice, right? These players have some money to do it, right? Sergey Bobrovsky's come out and he says, well, we're going to donate some money. Brad Marchand as well, the Boston Bruins. You know, shout out to these guys who are coming in, but these are players taking money from their pocket. They don't have to do it, by the way. They don't. It's their employer who should step up. But I understand the relation that these players have. Some of these players actually have a heart. And I know that some owners don't, right? They get lost in this. This is these, right? NHL teams are a for-profit business. I understand that. And that's fine. But you're again, you're about to find out just how much your employer cares about you. And when it comes down to the end of it, if they're not willing to help you, why are you helping them? Right? Like this is going to cause, right? All this is going to cause where some people are going to lose their jobs. These jobs are going to be need to be rehired. Maybe some employees come back. Maybe some of them don't. Right? Who knows when, right? Like all these people who are shutting down, it sucks. And the government's coming out and the U.S. are talking about universal basic income and whatnot. Again, we're not going to turn this into politics and whatnot because I've, we've all learned we don't argue politics on social media and we don't argue politics at all. I'll leave that for some other people who want to butt their heads together. But again, it's kind of funny that all of a sudden now, you know, socialism, you know, some people are starting to say, okay, well, you know, it's kind of nice. I go to the hospital. They're going to treat me universal basic income, government pumping in a whole bunch of money and whatnot. Again, we're not going to argue that today. That's not what we're talking about. Whether you believe in socialism or not, doesn't make a damn difference. But again, it would have been nice for these NHL teams that are not paying their part-time workers to A, do it, right? This is a moral thing at some point. So either at one point you believe that money's important or people are important. And again, you're not making any money without people. So I feel like the choice is easy at that. Most of the NHL teams have set up a plan. Like I said, you know, it's no surprise that Mark Cuban was the first to do. He's kind of said, yeah, we're going to do it. Like he didn't even wait. He's like, we're going to find something. We don't know what, but we're going to do it. And that just speaks to Mark Cuban and the type of person that he is. He's not perfect, but he didn't even wait to come up with a plan. Some of the teams waited to come up with a plan and that's fine. I know a lot of people maybe criticize these teams and say, well, why didn't they come out with something sooner? Look, man, come up with a plan. Maybe you want to set something up and make sure that it's okay. Fine. And I mean, like I said, good on these teams for doing it. It's important. It's important to take care of people. It's important to take care of the people that are with you. And that comes down to a human level. What social distancing is about, it's not about limiting your freedoms and whatnot. And there are a whole bunch of people who are going to go on this. Again, we're not even going to get into this because it's not, again, like I said, this is a podcast about hockey. We're not going to get into whether you believe social distancing is right or not. It is, by the way. And that's it. Like that's my, my, my view on it. And it's important. And you're not doing social distancing for you. You're doing it for somebody else. Right. And, and, and I think that's the hard thing for people to understand. Right. Like if, again, I wasn't afraid when I got the flu, I knew I was going to survive. There's a good chance. I'm in a good physical health. I'm not worried about dying. Same thing with coronavirus. I'm not worried about it killing me. 
I'm more worried about giving it to somebody else. And that could be somebody in my immediate family, or that could be somebody I don't know. This could be somebody I cross at a grocery store or at work that, you know what, I don't know if they catch it. And again, there's no, sometimes you have symptoms and you don't even know or something. No, sorry. You have the disease, no symptoms, but you don't even know because there's no symptoms and it's really hard to get a test. Really, really hard. If you live in Quebec and you try calling 811 like good luck talking to somebody. It's not going to happen. Probably. I waited three and a half hours. I did. And it was, it was mind boggling. They said, don't worry, we'll get to you soon. Okay. But these, and the reason that you need to practice social distancing and flattening the curve, as we talk about, is so that people who are healthcare workers, right? Nurses, doctors, hospitals, there's only so much equipment, right? Like we know that hospitals are understaffed and, you know, they don't have the necessary equipment. This isn't new, right? But now if, if, if hospitals can't keep up, right, then there are people who are going to die. And there's a lot of people who are going to die. And then all of a sudden they're talking about, well, the, you know, the coronavirus kills less people than the flu. Well, that, that, that number is going to get closer, not because it should, but because of stupidity and idiocracy, right? Like it amazes me that people still go to social gatherings like St. Patrick's Day is here. I would love to go out for St. Patrick's Day. I would, I can't, and I don't want to, and I want to make sure that I don't, you know, that nobody else gets sick. That's I don't want people getting sick and carrying this around. We need to do everything that's possible. I want to go out and do things, man. Like being stuck at home for the people who are working from home. It's one thing you can work from home. Some people are stuck at home. They can't do nothing. They're in quarantine and that's it. And there's look, there, there's a whole way that you can keep yourself busy and do things and whatnot. Fine. But again, this is more about what can you do for the person standing next to you. And I know this is a tough concept for some people to understand, right? Giving a shit about somebody else that's not yourself. It's tough. But again, do it for the people who you're in, who are in your immediate family. Do it for them at least. Do it for your mom, dad, brother, sister, grandmother, grandfather, nephew, uncle, aunt. Like do it for those people at worst. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for somebody else. Care about somebody else. That's why social distancing is important. Like there's, you know, videos online of people in Florida going to the beach and you're like, what are you doing, bro? And I know it's tough for some business. Like if you can support local businesses from a distance, you know, maybe you're ordering out food or whatnot and, you know, maybe it keeps some of these people employed where possible, right? But if you can, maybe you're buying, like, I love the idea of buying a gift card to a small business. Give them the money now. Use it later when they can. Do what you can. That's it. And for some people, they won't be able. Some people can't work from home. I understand that. Nurses can't do that. They're being thrown into the fire. These people are exposing themselves to a virus because they're trying to save other people's life. Some of them are going to get infected. Some of them are going to die. Same thing with doctors who are trying as hard as they can to treat patients. There's no cure, right? So for some people, they have no symptoms. You know, some people have mild symptoms. Some people don't. They have severe symptoms. Some people are going to die. And I think that it's important. I would have wished that the prime minister would have come out and basically said, look, we're going to close our borders, except for people from the United States and people who are Canadian citizens. Fine. That's fine. I feel like they should have done more, right? Doug Ford in Ontario has called it 
right? He's put out a state of emergency and, you know, that's, that's fine. It's kind of a little late, but whatever, we're here. Okay. And I feel like people are waiting for the government to say, hey, this is a problem. You should probably do something. Like people should want to not wait for their government to say something and maybe do it before, right? And I know that's tough. I know it is. But again, follow the CDC and the World Health Organization and their recommendations. You don't need to be buying every single bottle of hand sanitizer. Like good old soap works as well. Like washing your hands is a pretty good way. The best way to stay healthy is to stay home. If you can, obviously, right? Use soap and water. Like that's that's pretty good, right? Just go there, wash your hands, 20 seconds. Use good old regular bar of soap. I went to the grocery store to pick up stuff. They're running out of toilet paper. There was some left. And I'm like, man, society's falling apart. I go to the hand sanitizer section. Ooh, none left. And I'm like, okay. But bars of soap, man, like, whoo, no shortage of them. None. No shortage of soap, like soap for your hands, like bars of soap, liquid soap. I'm like, what is wrong with people, man? Like use soap, wash your hands as often as possible. If you run out of toilet paper and you're at home, I know this is going to freak you out, but maybe you just take a shower, wash your, you know, wash your rear end with soap, then dry off with a towel. Boom, done. Like it sucks that you have to maybe wash yourself every time you go to the bathroom. But they're like... You don't need 900 rolls of toilet paper. You're probably not going to use it. You're hoarding it. That's what you're doing. That's what people do in times of panic. They hoard stuff. They buy every single thing of food that they can think of, right? You know when people get to the grocery store and you see them trying to pick the apples that they want and then you see pictures and there's none left and you're like, huh, even the ugly apples got taken because people are afraid. There's no need to have a whole bunch of something. There's not. You're not going to run out of food, man. You're not. You're not going to run out. You're going to be able to get that food from a grocery store to where you live. Don't worry. You will. There's no need to buy everything. Because some people, again, and I know there's some stores that are doing it. Shoppers Drug Mart, I think, is going to do it. They're going to dedicate an hour at the beginning of the day for people with you know, compromised immune system and older people to be able to get the essentials that they need. And that's the thing about talking about other people and giving a shit about somebody else, right? If you're buying everything... Somebody else is getting nothing, right? It's kind of weird, huh? Like, if you're buying all the toilet paper, somebody else's family's not going to have, and you're saying, well, I don't give a shit about the other people. That's what you're saying. Direct, directly by buying all the toilet paper, you're saying, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I care about myself. Me first, you second. Like, we can share toilet paper, man. Don't worry about it. You can share hand sanitizer. You don't need, like, 12 bottles of it, man. You're not going to go through 12 bottles of it first. So you're just packing it. You're just packing it. Your fridge can only fit so much food, right? Like if you're buying fresh fruit as well, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but I've like, I've bought like strawberries, blueberries, and raspberries, and they go bad before I even have a chance to eat them on a regular timeline. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Right? Like, oh God. I don't even have time to eat the strawberries and they've already gone bad, even if they're in the fridge. So there's no need to buy mass quantities of anything. You don't need it, man. Like figure it out. If you figure this out and you say, well, I need this much to last 30 days, do it for 30, okay? In 30 days, if we're still in the situation where, I don't know, maybe your employer says, well, you know what? You still need to stay home. Not ready to open. 
you figure it out at that point. You cross that bridge when you get there. Stores are going to have time to replenish some stock. Maybe you can't go out. You're going to find somebody who's going to be able to help you out. Maybe say, hey, man, you know, you're you're okay. Okay. Can you go pick me up some things that I need? This isn't this isn't a case where you're going to die of not having enough food. It's not going to happen. Okay. You have a better chance of dying from coronavirus than you do than dying from hunger, at least in developed countries, Canada, United States, most of Europe. So that's important to remember. Do this for the person next to you. That person, give a shit about somebody else. Pretend it's your mom and dad or somebody you care about. When you're walking out of a grocery store with, I mean, eight, nine packs of toilet paper, ask yourself, like, you might be taking that from somebody else's father. And if you feel good with that, I mean, look, man, that's fine. That's you, right? I mean, you're a shitty human being. But, I mean, look, if you sleep well at night, can't change that, right? It is. And if you can, don't go out. Don't commu- you know, don't don't get in contact with other people. Do it for them, right? Save their life. Limit the amount like you shouldn't be going out to bars and restaurants and putting yourself in compromised situation. Most places now you can't even dine in. So you take your food and leave. Go home. <laughs> Stay where you are, delivery services like Uber Eats and whatnot. I don't think they're charging a delivery fee for small businesses or something. But if you can, do what you can to not be in contact with other people. For some of you, this is really easy. You're in contact with nobody. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, I mean, that's that's great. If you're already, some people are practicing social distancing like amazingly. And I mean, some, some, some people don't go out and they don't get into it with other people. And I mean, good for them. Really good. Good for them. It's, it's important. We need to, we need to do this together. And this is what I tell people. Maybe the government, I mean, should, should shut everything down. I do believe at some point everything just do it. And the quicker we do this, this is like a band-aid, man. Like some people are like, no, I'm just going to peel it off slowly. No. Okay. But let's say if you peel it off slowly, like it's going to get worse. So maybe like just, just rip it off, man. Shut as many things down as humanly possible. Do it for a short period of time. Look, we're going to contain this now. Nobody wants to do it, but let's do it. Okay. Nobody wants to. Again, nobody wants to be stuck at home, shutting everything down, and nothing's working. It's going to cause havoc, probably. People are going to suffer. People are going to lose their jobs. No money's coming in. I understand that, but we got to do it at some point. So do it now. Get it over with. Kind of like other countries are doing where they're shutting it down. Some cities are just like, that's it. You can't go out. right? I, th- I think San Francisco is going to do it. right? 24-hour lockdown for what? Two, two weeks or whatnot. Like, look at Italy. They've shut down their entire country. It's miserable. But they did it. They had to do it. They had to save lives. And there's still people dying and there's still cases going up. But, I mean, we got to do it. Look at South Korea, man. Like, I feel like they've kind of got it. They kind of, you see their cases, they're flattening out a little bit. They're having more people recover than people being infected. I mean, they're, they've shut down everything. Tests have gone out. Like, I don't, I can't believe that there's still people who are not getting tested. Like, oh my God, man. Like, this is the important part. You got to find the people who have it 
contain them, and then they heal, and then you say, okay, fine, move on. There's no, I mean, I don't have any information on whether, again, because I'm not a doctor, like, can you get coronavirus twice? I don't know. I don't think so. I hope not, or I don't know, but my guess would be probably not. So once you've got it, I mean, that's it. Kind of like the, like you can get the flu. I learned that you can get the flu more than once in a flu season, but you get a different strain of flu. You can't get the same flu twice. You can get a different strain of it, which is how people get sick multiple times or get the flu multiple times a year. You can, and I didn't know that. I didn't know you could get the flu twice in one year. You can get a different strain of it, apparently. Kind of like a cold. You never get the same cold twice. You get a different strain of the cold. Okay, fine. But again, if you can do any, and if you can, stay home, isolate yourself, be part of the solution, man. For the planet, for other people. That's important, right? Not having sports sucks. Again, I feel like like I have nothing to watch. Like, thank God the NFL is doing stuff so I can at least get out of my craziness. Like, I've watched enough things on Netflix where I'm like, okay, well, like, I don't want to watch Netflix anymore. Like, I don't want to watch YouTube anymore. There's only so many things you can watch before you start going crazy, right? And, I mean, that's that's nice, but again, like I said, man, thank God the NFL is just doing some stuff. We're not going to talk about that because, I mean, this is a hockey podcast. So how does this affect <laughs> the NHL? Like, what's the most likely outcome here? So from that perspective, the NHL would has said that it's suspended its season. It's not canceling it, which is important. Now, from what I understand, the CDC has said, well, this could go on for probably eight weeks of not being able to gather 50 or more plus people. Okay. So eight weeks brings us to May. Now, you would probably need at least 10 to 14 days for players to have like some kind of mini training camp so they can get up to gear, right? Players are not a microwave oven, a, a microwave. They're kind of like a conventional oven. They need to heat up. They, they need to get back to where they are. It would be dangerous if you would take players and just, you know, put them into a situation and they're not ready to go. This is good news for players who I assume are hurt, right? So the entire Columbus Blue Jackets team has a chance to actually be healthy at some point this season. Um, now, how long until the NHL wants to pull this out? I don't know. How would you go about then? I mean, if you resume your season, you got a couple of games left, right? And this, especially in the Eastern Conference, this is a tight race. The Metro division is like, it. there are still so many teams that can make it. So how would you go about now? Like, do you just cancel the rest of the games? And then like, how would you go on? There's so many like, they're talking about maybe 24 teams making it and whatnot. Like, but you don't want to, again, Gary has said this, you don't want to make a mockery of the NHL, right? So you don't want this to be a, a bogus Bush league kind of way to hand out the Stanley cup. If you have to cancel it, it sucks, right? But it is what it is. How far into June, July, and maybe August do you want to play? Right. That's probably a, I mean, there's a collective bargaining agreement. How does this work? Players playing in, you know, you have the draft. How does the draft work now? You have players who are draft eligible. How do you go about that? How do you go about free agency? Right? There's a, a massive logistic. So if I'm a betting man at this point, I'm saying, well, at one point, the NHL is going to say, look, that's the end of the season. We're not going to hand out a Stanley Cup this year. And that would suck. I don't want it to happen. I don't know what the NHL is thinking about, talking about, but... Anything but that would be the best case scenario. Like, even if you have to play in empty arenas, right? I'm not going to make a joke about it, right? 
But even if you have to play in empty arenas or you just have things going on, right? We've seen what the USC looks like when it's empty. Like, I just want to watch something. (laughs) I don't care, right? Same thing with baseball. You have to play in empty stadiums. Fine. Like, at, at this point, people would be happy just being able to watch it at home than have none of it at all. I don't know if, I don't think MLB will cancel their season, right? I think it will probably be shortened at that point. But for teams like the NHL or the NBA, like this is a little bit tougher. You're you're go, you're going into uncharted territory now. Same thing with the NFL, right? How do they go about their draft? Free agency is going on as it is. Same thing with the NHL. Like what, like it's, it's tough. I still feel like it's too early. I mean, we can pretty much forget about, right? There, there's no sports in March, right? There's probably no sports in April as well. With the way things are going, I mean, in the United States, I think it's still going to get worse because there's still people who are just going to go out and be like, it's my life. I want to do what I want. I'm going to the bar. All right, fine. You know, like you can't stop everybody, but whatever. You're going to have people who are just not going to get on the boat, right? If you believe in Noah's Ark and whatnot, there's a lot of people who are unicorns, I guess, and they're not going to get on the boat. So, I mean, that is what it is. But in this case, for, for the NHL, at some point, they're going to have to decide something. And they're going to have to say, well, look, we cancel the season or we find a way to do it. Again, I would probably put a little bit of money on it canceling the season. I don't want it to happen. Let's be honest. And let's be very, very clear. I do not want them to cancel the season. I want to watch hockey. I want to see somebody win the Stanley Cup. Even if it's not Montreal, I want somebody to win it. That's for sure. How you get there now, I... I don't know. I don't have any information. I have no ideas. I'm going to let Gary and the rest of the owners figure this out. It's their pockets, right? So trust me, they're going to come up with some probably great ideas on how they get to this point. But I want to see hockey. And and sports is important. It's, it's important in everybody's life. We're starting to realize it. Like for some people, it's other things happening. But for people like me who love hockey, like I love watching it. I watch a whole bunch of Habs hockey. I watch the late game when possible, right? I probably watch, you know, I watch a lot of San Jose, LA, I mean, Calgary, Edmonton, whatever team's playing on the West Coast at night, the 10 o'clock game when I come home. I watch a lot of that, 10, 1030, because now I'm done work, blah, blah, blah. I've probably been disappointed by Montreal being garbage. So now I'll watch the late game. It's not, it is what it is, right? So the same thing with other sports now that are not starting. Like, how do we go about this? I don't know. I don't even know how, like, how are you going to award trophies? I mean, you could essentially hand out, you know, the Rocket Richard, the Art Ross, you know, the Lady Bang, the Norris. You probably could. You could still have voting, but, I mean, you'd only be able to do that after technically the season ends, right? How do you award, you know, President's Trophy? I don't, again, I, I don't know, and that's kind of what sucks. Like, I don't have a solution to how the NHL should go about this. But I want them to sit in a virtual room, obviously, right? Skype calling, right? Which, again, side note here, a lot of people are figuring out that their jobs can be done from home and that those meetings that you've been having can basically be emails or can be virtually done. That's, again, this is all not negative coming out here. Like, pollution has gone down in China because of the coronavirus. There's some there's some positive here. You got to go dig for it. But there's some stuff to, you know, be positive about. Anyways, how does the NHL go about this? I have no idea. And it sucks because 
AHL, you know, they've canceled their season. The ECHL has canceled their season. Some players are not going to get paid. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Understand it. ECHL teams run on a much smaller budget. I feel like if that ECHL team has an affiliate to the NHL, I feel like NHL clubs to step up and try to make sure that these players as well get paid. The logistics are tough, but again, there's a lot of billion-dollar owners. They have money. This isn't a question of not having money. I don't want to hear anybody say they don't have money. You do it because these are your players. These are your people. Owners and CEOs, you're at the front of the line, man. When it comes time to start protecting people, you're going to find out which ones are and which ones aren't. And then you can make that choice from there whether you think these are good or not people. These are either good people or they're not. And your morals are going to find out. You're going to realize whether you work for an organization who is willing to take care of you when times get tough or if they're willing to cut you the moment they don't have a budget to do it. And again, like I said, small businesses, they have to make that choice. And most of the time they're going to cut you. They don't have the money or they don't go into existence. So if a small business has to lay off people so that they can at least exist, because if they fold, then nobody's getting paid either either way. So it's a lose-lose situation for some people. But again, let's go back to hockey here. We're not going to get lots. Like I said, we could go on for this for hours, but that's not what we're here to do that. It's not what we're here. We're here to see, can the NHL survive? I hope. What's the plan? I have no idea. And I wish I knew because now we're into what, day five or day six, depending on when you listen to this, day six, I think without sports. And that's tough. It's been real tough. There's not much to watch on TV and we're literally scraping anywhere to watch anything. Like I was watching, I think it was Montreal simulated their game in NHL 20 against the Ducks. Like I watched all of the second period of that game because I just wanted to watch something. I just wanted it to be, I don't care if it's a video game or whatnot. I just, like, I had to watch something. I'm done. Like, I've watched Netflix, man. I get it. There's only so many episodes of Dirty Money you can watch before you start getting angry. And you're like, God damn it. But yes, please, if anybody takes anything away from this, stay safe. Do it for the guy next to you. Humans are born with good in their heart. They are. I, I believe that all humans are born good. They're born and the nature of humans can change over time based on their, you know, experiences and outcomes. Nobody is born evil. I I don't believe that. And I know that we are brought up to care about others and to be kind to others. And when you can, you should. I believe in good karma. And sometimes I try to buy good karma, right? I'll 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 donate money to an organization or something. I'll do I'll I'll help somebody out. I try to buy some good karma that I believe in. And and right now, if you can if you're one of those people who say, well, I need, you know, this is bad luck. And sometimes people think it's luck. This isn't luck, man. This is life. It is what it is, right? But if you believe in good karma like I do, do something good for somebody else. Do something that you can. If you can volunteer time, if you can donate, if you can do something to help somebody else, do it. Do it as much as you can, whatever that may be. Do what you can to help somebody else. Because we all need to do this together. This isn't just the government doing it and us saying, well, we're just not going to do nothing. No, this is everybody having to work together for the better of the planet. Not just you. Again, there's what? There's 8 billion people on the planet about. This is for the other people who are on the planet. Do it for people who can't. And 
If this podcast has been able to help you, great. I wish we could do more about hockey. I'm going to have a lot of free time on my hands. So I don't know if I'll do a podcast every day because maybe that's overkill and people don't want that. But I'm going to do a couple more. I got time now, so I can't no longer say I've been busy because I'm not. (laughs) So we're going to have a couple more podcasts. I'm going to have another one at least either tomorrow or after tomorrow, depending on when you listen to this. So maybe you listen to this and boom, there's two new episodes for you to listen to. But I'm going to have, and the next episode is going to be a surprise. It's going to be different. It's not going to be like it usually is. It's going to be different. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be nice. You're going to want to listen to, obviously listen to them all, right? But I'm biased, but you're going to want to at least listen to the next one. I'm telling you, you should, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, obviously you can do that. It's on Apple Podcasts, it's on uh, Spotify, it's on Stitcher, uh, it's on Podbean. You can find it obviously at thefantasyfix.com. You can, like like I said, subscribe, rate the podcast wherever you listen to it. Obviously you can follow um, the Twitter handle on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Um, if there's something you want me to talk about, something you want me to cover something you know you want to hear you just slide into the dms now's the time i got lots of time so obviously do that and like i said let's all do this together so we can one day end this virus or at least be protected and go back to our regular lives and if this has taught us anything is that the day-to-day that sometimes that we find boring in situations like this we kind of you know remember that maybe we took a little bit of that for granted so Hopefully this coronavirus will pass. I know it will, but hopefully we can get past it with as little damage as possible. Again, thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast. We will be back in a few days. Bye.